Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Exodus 12, chapter, verse 43 to 51, and it reads, I'm reading from the New International Version, and it reads, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, These are the regulations for the Passover meal. No foreigner may eat it. Any slave you have bought may eat it after you have circumcised him. But a temporary resident or a hired worker may not eat it. It must be eaten inside the house. Take none of the meat outside the house. Do not break any of the bones. And the whole community of Israel must celebrate it. A foreigner residing among you who wants to declare or celebrate the Lord's Passover must have all the males in his household circumcised. He may take part like the one born land. No uncircumcised male may eat it. The same law applies both to the native born and to the foreigner residing among you. All the Israelites did just what the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. And on that very day, the Lord brought the Israelites out of Egypt by their divisions. I want to teach and preach uh, from the message, endure and extend the Passover. Last week, I talked about enact the Passover, but today I want to talk about to endure and extend the Passover. The purpose of my message today is to use these verses of scripture, not to necessarily preach from the exactness of this, this verse of scripture, but to use it abstractly so that you can see the concepts that are in these verses. These verses show us that the children of Israel had specific instructions to follow in order to be successful during a time of the Passover. They had to follow the instructions. First, they had to know the instructions. And number two, they had to follow what they knew. And then if they will follow what they knew, then they will be successful during this time of the Passover and what we are experiencing now that we know most of as a quarantine. So we have added the Lord's law or the Lord's ordinance of the Passover to this national and local pandemic that has now caused many of us to now be in our houses and so God has given us a remedy on how to be successful in a world that is experiencing crisis the first thing I want to say um, that communication and goals in the midst of a crisis must be concrete and succinct if you're going to survive a crisis you must know what to do and what not to do if there's ever a time um, to follow instructions and have clear goals and objectives, it is during a crisis. During good season and less riskier times, there is more leeway to make mistakes and then recover. There's greater opportunity to slip up and then get back in position. But in the time of a crisis, things are more critical. The luxury of making mistakes and being forgetful can be very costly. And reflection of our society and having a sober mind that all of us must have, today's message is going to be somewhat redundant to last week. Now don't let that bore you because in a crisis you must keep repeating the same things in order to be successful. 
So almost, it's going to be almost like leftovers, eating leftovers that's reheated. But I'm going to add a little more seasoning to it for you. I may add a little meat in there for you to, in the rice. may put a little more uh, little, little meat in the rice for you. Well, we're going to have some fruit, but on the fruit, I may add a little whipped cream to give it a little sweet taste. But I do want you to know that in some ways, this is the same meal from last week. It is necessary that I remind you where we are and what it takes to overcome where we are. Oh yes, we can be creative like we're doing today. We're using technology to give a message. We're using technology to worship, but don't miss it while we're still, while we still have joy, we are still in a crisis. And I don't want you and I to lose sight on what it takes to make it through this crisis. And so I'm also going to tell you today things that you don't like to hear. I'm going to tell you what you must not do. We love to hear positive inspirational messages that gives us more options on what we could or want to do. But today my main points are telling you what not to do. Today I want to first tell you don't get disconnected. We have enacted the Passover the Passover has required that we clean the house. Everybody say clean the house. We, you have to clean the house to be successful during the Passover. Prior to them taking up the sacrificial lamb, they had seven days of unleavened bread. The seven days of unleavened bread was a preparation time for them to get all the leaven out of their homes. The leaven is what makes the yeast or makes the bread puff up. It's the yeast in the bread. And so they had time to clean up their homes and time to get ready for the Passover. Now, why do you say seven days? Well, it doesn't take that long. Do we have that much junk in our trunk? Do we have that much mess in our lives? No, that's not the reason. The reason seven days is because we are so accustomed to our, our normal life and our normal habits. Sometimes we have to be shaken that we're no longer there. And it may take some of us some time to adjust and get reacquainted to what we must do now. And thank God that God gives us grace, opportunity, and a time to get ourselves together. But I must admonish you, admonish you you're going to have to get yourself together really quick. We are in a crisis and you've got to know what you must not do in order to survive. We have enacted this Passover and the dough must be yeastless. It must be unleavened bread. Not only uh, must you uh, clean your house, but after you clean the house, you got to stay in the house. I told you that last week and I'm telling you that again, you can't get so excited about what you're uh, uh, so bored of being in the house that you start doing things you should not do. The order of the day and the order of the season is we must stay home as much as possible. We must stay in the house as much as possible. Also, don't get disconnected. It's something the whole community must do. We need everybody to do their part. Everybody must participate in the deliverance and the cure that is needed for our society. Now, some people get discouraged about doing their part. When others, because others don't do their part. 
So sometimes some people say, I'm not doing it. Look what so-and-so is doing. Look what everybody else is doing. And because other people are not following instructions, they take it as a license that they don't have to follow instruction or they get discouraged about following instructions because somebody else is being disobedient. It's just like some people don't vote because other people don't vote. While I get disagree with their decision not to participate, I can definitely understand the basis of this type of reasoning. Because who wants to be a part of something where people don't do their part? Who wants that? Who wants to be a part of following a leader that don't make respectful and reasonable decisions? Who wants that? Who wants to be a part of uh, following a president, a governor, a mayor, or a prime minister who abandons oversight, neglects foresight, and is blind to hindsight? Who wants that? Who wants to be a part of a home where parents don't provide guidance, don't set boundaries, and don't provide care? Who wants that? Who wants to be a part of a world where everybody cares about nobody but themselves the only solution is for us to start being responsible and take control of our own lives so we can't look at everyone else and decide not to do what we should do because somebody else is acting up and not following instructions this is a time of personal accountability and personal connection tell somebody don't get disconnected the first level of control that you must start with is where you have the most control. You have the most control over yourself. You need to start where you have the most control, which is over yourself. And when you start making decisions for yourself on how you're going to master what it takes to get through this, and you're going to stay connected to the information and what's necessary to get through this, then you become a part of the solution. My point number two is don't get depressed. Don't get depressed. If we be real honest, we can, we can be honest and say we don't like the situation that we're in. We don't like the situation of our society, our economy. We don't like the restrictions that have been placed on our lives. The truth of the matter, uh, this temporary abnormal, because it is temporary, but it is also abnormal. I want you to know to be quarantined is not normal. So don't adopt any type phrases that talk about this is our new normal. This is not our new normal. This is a temporary abnormal. It is abnormal to have to be isolated and not be able to socialize, gather, enjoy, have good healthy fun. It is abnormal and we are in a temporary abnormal situation. And abnormal situations can be very tough. For extroverts, they want to go outside. They want more people and more interaction. For introverts, they just want to get away. Less people and less interaction. Extroverts want to talk to others. Introverts want to talk to themselves. But they can't talk to themselves because there's no way to get away from the extrovert. The extroverts want an opinion, feedback, and they want to share. 
Introverts wants an oasis, a refuge. They want to be left alone, but the truth of the matter, travel is restricted and there's not many places to go. They want their peace. And some of you are similar like me. I think I'm a mix between an extrovert and an introvert. You know, and I kind of have the anatomy of a turtle. You know, I make progress by sticking out my head. But Lord knows, as soon as I get an opportunity to run for shelter, I love to be introverted. Some of you are like that. You don't mind being extroverted. You can smile. You can have a big personality. But you do love a little alone time. You do love a little time to think for yourself and process your thoughts. That's me. I can't really think in the front of a crowd. I'm just thinking in the moment. I think best when I retreat for a moment, have a moment to evaluate different things. I'm most creative, not necessarily in the moment. I can do certain things. I've learned to survive in the moment, but I'm best when I can contemplate, put all things together and then move forward. But this is a time where we don't have the luxury of everything we would have and everything we would want to do and it can be very heavy on the emotional frame of your life and I'm telling you don't get depressed in the midst of this we got to endure this quarantine this Passover but I'm telling you don't get depressed don't let the spirit of heaviness get on you the Bible tells us to put on the garment of praise what am I telling you you're gonna have to learn to praise God more than you ever have you have to learn to say Lord I love you more than I ever have you have to learn to have praise breaks without music more than I never more than you ever have I don't know about you have you ever been in church when church got so good that the saints in the congregation looks at the musician staff and they feel so good about their praise that they begin to sing a chant that says we don't need no music we don't need all we need is the Holy Ghost that's right you will have to do that right in your homes you may not have the beat of the drum and the sound of the organ but you're gonna have to learn how to put on the garment of praise it may be six o'clock in the morning and when you look at your day and what you wish you could do and realize what you can't do you may have to start singing a worship song or you may not have the best voice but your worship gonna carry you through you may not have a fancy dance like you grew up in a convention a convention somewhere but you're gonna have to learn to praise him in this season if you're gonna get through this you're gonna have to learn to give him glory if you've been flunking the test of praise while everything was good and kosher you better catch up real quick because anxiety stress demons of depression are attracted to isolation and right now while we isolated we still can't afford to lose right now while we're quarantined we can't afford to get sad I got too much after this to go down right now tap your husband tap your table tap yourself and say I got too much to go down right now there is more after this don't get depressed there's more after this yeah we don't have to learn to praise the Bible tells us that we got to learn to live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Tell somebody, don't get, don't tell, come on, don't get depressed. Yeah. See, one thing you can't do, you can't fake faith. No, you can't. You can't fake faith. You can't fake faith. No. 
your emotions will start telling on yourself and start letting you know you ain't got no real faith. See, faith requires acknowledgement of the facts. And there are people who consider themselves having faith, but they don't acknowledge facts. Faith is not real until you first acknowledge facts. The Bible tells us now faith is the substance of things hoped for, but it's the evidence of things not seen. That's right. In order to have faith, you got to be hoping for something you don't have. So in order to have faith, you got to have, you, your faith has to become the evidence of something you don't see. So you have to first acknowledge the facts in order for faith to kick in. See, faith don't kick in unless you got a problem. Faith don't kick in, the Bible says. Why does a man hope for, for something he see? You don't need faith for something you can see. I don't need faith for this podium in front of me. It's right there. I can see it. I don't need faith for it. But when things get dark and dim, you have to be able to acknowledge, I don't see how we gonna make it through this. And after you acknowledge it, then faith can kick in and say, but some way, somehow, God's gonna bring us over that. See, faith requires you first to acknowledge facts so that faith can supersede your facts this pandemic must uh, has caused us to rely on the scripture Galatians 6 and 9 that tells us let us not be weary come on say it say I don't have to get weary let us not if it say let us the word let us mean you have a choice in the matter it may be hard but you still got a choice it may be difficult but you still have a choice let us not be weary in well doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not point number three uh, don't get undressed tell somebody don't get undressed come on say it don't get undressed uh, I told you this is a repeat but it's necessary when you're going through a crisis and you don't know what's totally happening around you because you got to remember the children of Israel are locked up on the inside they don't really understand everything that's going on on the outside hallelujah and the tendency that happens uh, during crisis is we start letting our guards down we, 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 we want to know, uh, can we get undressed now? But the, the, the assignment of the children of Israel was to take the Passover, eat it with haste, and keep their sandals on, keep the staff in their hand, for it is the Lord's Passover. And they were supposed to stay dressed. And I'm telling you prophetically to don't get undressed. A crisis is where your maturity is tested. Sometimes during a crisis like now, we have to do things that are less exciting and more about survival. We have to do things that are less new and more of the same. Repetition. Yeah, I know it was news to some, but some people really don't enjoy repetition. They want to do something different. They want to do something new. They get tired of the same old things. Come on, but this is a time where we have to learn how repetition will bless us and keep us safe. Like the repetition, we must practice of washing our hands every time as much as possible using sanitizer cleaning our hands with soap and said they prefer soap over the sanitation sanitizer right but 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 we must wash our hands every time i know it's news to some but you should wash your hands every time
time you go to the restroom, say every time. I know that sounds like news, but some people don't believe in doing things every time. Some people don't believe that about being consistent and how consistency is necessary. But consistency is necessary in a crisis. We must do this every time. Keep our hands clean. Yeah, some people during a crisis want to get undressed. They don't want to get undressed. They, they don't want to comb their hair every day. But while you're even in your home, get up, comb your hair. Get up, brush your teeth. Don't get too relaxed. Because when you start getting relaxed, you start doing the things you should not be doing. You forget that you're in a crisis. You forget that there's other precautions you must make. So get up in the morning, comb your hair, brush your hair, brush your teeth, put on some deodorant. Come on, pastor. What are you saying, pastor? You trying to insult us? No, I'm telling you about human behavior. When you feel you ain't got to go nowhere and you locked up in the house, you start letting your guard down. And God is trying to tell you, don't let your guard down in this season. Stay dressed. I need you to stay ready. I need you to stay on guard. Come on, the Bible even tells us that we have an adversary that walks around to and fro like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And you don't even got time to be relaxed in a setting that we have right now. You got to put on the whole armor of God. Come on, somebody. You got to stay dressed. Tell somebody you got to stay dressed. You can't got time to uh, get relaxed. Rather, you need to start planning your future in the midst of this situation. You need to start planning what's next for you. You need to keep on the whole armor of God. Tell somebody, put it all on, put it all on. Come on, the Bible tells us that we have to put on the whole armor of God. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, I don't know about you, but this coronavirus sounds like a devil to me. Amen. It's the un- invisible war. They're trying to stop it. We're trying to come up with all kind of precautions, but it's spreading. Come on. And yes, there are some natural things to do. So I'm not just going to act like we just need to pray. But my God, we got to pray for our recovery. Pray for the spread to stop. Come on. We got to get in the spirit and ask God for his divine assistance in this matter. Come on. Earth is suffering. And if earth is suffering, we need a heavenly response. Something from heaven. Whether it's an idea, whether it's a strategy. The point is we need heaven to respond on earth and help resolve this epidemic and this pandemic we need to put on that whole armor of God so don't skip it that's Ephesians 6 11 and 24 every day cover yourself in the whole armor of God my fourth point uh, and last and final point is don't give up don't give up up. What God tells them after they experience the Passover is that I'm going to bring you out. And I want everyone to stay enthused about what we're going through. Not about what we're facing about who's with us, but about who's with us while we're facing it. Don't give up. David the psalmist writes in Psalms 27 and 13 that I would have fainted unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He says I would have given up. I would have thrown in the towel. I would have just caved on in unless I believed. I'm trying to encourage you this morning that I don't need you to give up on God. I don't need you to give up on your family. I don't need you to give up on any of the things that God has told you to do. It may be on hold right now but don't give up and don't you dare throw in the towel and don't you dare faint and don't you dare let the devil make you winded during this season. You're going to have to learn to keep 
some fresh air flowing through your lungs and in your mind. Don't give up. Don't give up on what God has called you to do, what God has told you to do. You may have to reposition yourself, re-strategize about what to do next, but whatever you do, don't give up. I believe these points, and although they are put with don'ts or negative in front of it, I think they're important to help us stay focused. God wants us to endure this Passover. And God wants us to extend this Passover. The extend means that we got to keep it going. We got to keep participating in the Passover. We got to continue to plead the blood of Jesus of our lives. We got to continue to trust the Lord every day of our lives. We got to continue to practice the communion, the Lord's Supper, every time, every moment that we have. We can't give up. We can't give up. There are some realities that we're really facing right now. Real realities. People are losing jobs. Layoffs are occurring. Businesses are closing down. Some are closing down for good, unfortunately. I mean, for the good, meaning there's no way they'll be able to be revived unless they get a loan. Or People have major decisions that are going on right now. This is a serious time. Why I wanted to be inspirational to you this morning, to be honest, I want to be more instructional. God wants us to be more focused than we ever have in our lives right now. God wants us to be more focused than we ever have in our lives right now. So why I can't really stir you to the great excitement that sometimes we do that helps you spur the action, my focus here today is to get you focused. We don't know when this thing going to be over. But you got to stay committed until it's over. We don't know. Now, I'm believing God. It'll be over soon. That's my prayer. But like I said, I'm not in control of everything. The only thing I'm in control of is me. So I don't know when this thing is going to be over. So we got to have an endurance. We got to endure. We got to endure hardness. We got to put on some thick skin. We got to toughen up. We got to toughen up in our emotions. We got to toughen up in our perspectives. We got to toughen up. We got to use wisdom and grace to make it through this season. My assignment today is to make sure you survive. We want no souls lost, no lives lost. And we know, and I'll say this very plainly, not only are you need to stay under the blood, but you need to follow the word of the Lord and stay used to wisdom as well. Lead your life according to the word of the Lord. Be where you need to be and don't be where you don't need to be. Allow the Lord to guide you. We want to come through this unscathed by the presence of the Lord. And we trust in his word. We trust in his blood. And we're going to enact the Passover right now all over again. We're going to enact the Passover right now. We're going to enact the Passover all over again. So right there in your home, gather your, whoever's with you, if you're with your family. Or if it's just you and the Lord, we want to enact the Passover. We want to enact the Passover. We can't get bored about doing the same thing over and over. If it works, keep doing it. We can't get bored with a routine that's about survival. 
during the game of football they have a decision that the offensive team can make called punting or even kicking a field goal although they have four downs and they do have an opportunity to score a touchdown or get a first down potentially on fourth down but they recognize that there's four quarters to this game and if we play it right we can even take it into overtime so we don't have to always risk it and go for it on fourth down and try to get the first if we close enough we can kick a field goal get some points on the board or we can punt the ball and live to see another day and hope the next time we are back on offense that we can score and make points but we're too close to our own end zone and rather taking the risk we're going to punt it and there are different strategies that we got to take to make it through crisis this is a strategy the blood is a strategy the Passover is a strategy it keeps us focused on what it takes to overcome it's right there in your home we're going to enact the Passover we'll do it over and over again and you can't get bored you can't lose faith. You can't be excited last week and now th this week because we're doing it again. You don't have the same enthusiasm. The blood that worked last week works today. The blood that been working for ages works today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So whatever you have as the body of the Lord Jesus Christ lifted high. Jesus our Savior was lifted high for us on the cross. He was bruised, beaten, and bruised, beat, and battered for our sins. Hallelujah. Break that bread. He was broken for us. Eat ye all of it. Hallelujah. He is my salvation. Deliverance is the children's bread. Hallelujah. He give us our daily bread. Our daily deliverance. We take in the dose of deliverance that was purchased through Jesus Christ. Now the juice, whatever you have to represent the juice, it represents the blood of the New Testament. The Bible says where there is no shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. But because of his blood, the Lord has separated our sins as far as the east is from the west. And he remembers our sins no more. Drink ye all of it. Now, wherever you are, I want you to begin to pour. praise God for the blood right now. Come on, it reaches. Come on, it reaches the highest mountain. Come on, that blood of Jesus covers my family, covers my children, covers my steps. My steps are ordered by the Lord, and everywhere I go, the blood follows me. I apply and I plead the blood over our heads, over our homes, over our jobs, over our cars. Everywhere we would go, everywhere our foot would tread, the power, the residue, the anointing of the blood of Jesus will cover us. Neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling. We shall dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. His Spirit shall cover us and hover, hover over us. In the name of Jesus, we're protected by His Word. We're protected by His Spirit. Hallelujah. Our grandmothers are protected. Our fathers are protected. Our family is protected. Come on. We apply the blood. Come on. We apply what, what leaked down from the cross and brought us back to the commonwealth of Israel. 
that brought us back into covenant with God. Hallelujah. That brought us back into right standing. Thank you for this blood. Hallelujah. Thank you for this blood. We apply it of our lives. Hallelujah. We apply it of our children. Hallelujah. Thank you for the blood. Hallelujah. Our confidence is in you, Jesus. Our confidence is in you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.